0: Everybody, for tuning into the short thing here on June 1st. Uh, I'm on short here with Ryan Silva. We're going to talk about the Lance Armstrong documentary, Baseball's New Proposal, and what happened in the country over the weekend. You can check us out on Twitter at the short thing, and you can listen to us on, on the podcast, the iHeartRadio podcast app, or Spotify as well. Go check out uh, all the old shows we've been doing on Mondays and Fridays. During uh, the stay at home order, that's pretty much been lifted, but we've been going Monday and Friday. And last week, Friday, we talked about the Ohio State Miami National Championship game. So go listen uh, to that one. Ryan, I know on Friday we said, or you said that you're pretty much in full swing. How was your uh, weekend with baseball? Good.
1: Uh, Nothing too crazy. A little practice Friday. Uh, some lessons in camp Saturday and then uh, I mean that was pretty much it then we have uh, Jamie and I obviously preparing for somebody to start moving in the house here in a couple weeks so we had to do some stuff around the house getting ready for that but that was pretty much it we set up our uh, our pool yesterday and soaked in the sun a little bit in our uh, little 10 foot long uh, inflatable pool but that was pretty much it
0: for the weekend how about you uh, we had the Trinity Club championship on Friday yeah. Is that her? Saturday and Sunday, so I was. It was in the morning, which was good. So I was done on uh, uh, by like one o'clock, uh, probably one o'clock the first day, and then yesterday I got home around two o'clock. Saturday, and then I I bet the horses at Churchill Downs, which was not as promising of a day as it was on Thursday and Friday. So that was tough. Every time the guy would, my horse would turn for home, he'd be in like third on the rail. You get a little lead, and then you, I just knew what it was coming. He wasn't going to hold him off. I those clock I mean race after race after race. He's turning for home and I'm just like, this is this can't happen again. One of them's gotta hold through to the wire. Nope, it didn't happen. Couldn't do like, it. Couldn't do it. So big old gooser on uh, Saturday. But hey, we've been Thursday and Friday were uh pretty good days. Um at the track, so yeah, no, that was my that was my uh weekend pretty Uh, I would say, usual uh, for me. But uh, yeah, I mean, just looking at the stuff going around the country this weekend, the the protests. uh, First, I think you have to separate the protesters from the rioters, because I think they are two separate groups of people. I would agree. Um, The rioters are trying to, they just want to cause chaos and make the protesters look bad, just want to incite violence, while the protesters are actually fighting for a cause that has been going on in this country's history forever. Literally Mm -hmm. since the United States has been, since it started in 1776, this has been going on and it is 2020 and we still have the same thing that is going on since then. So in our country's history, this has always been going on. Um, and at times, there has been uh, there haven't been this many protests since Martin Luther King was assassinated in 1968. It seems like we are at a tipping point, but I fear that we are not at a tipping point, and we will just keep doing the same thing we are going to do, which is forget about it. And then when another unarmed black man gets wrong, that just gets murdered by a police officer again, we come right back here, and we start to cycle over again. There is... I am not not expecting any change because the people, first of all, in charge, aren't going to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And like it comes down to the people in charge. So you have a decision in November. If you want them in charge, you can keep them in charge. If you don't, you don't. That's one way to change it. And then it also, the people that are in charge of the police departments right now, the chief of police's need to look themselves in the mirror. And say, "How can I help the situation?" And some of them will do that, and some of them will be like, "Oh, you know what? My police force is in. We're we're good. We don't. We haven't had this issue yet, so we don't need to look at this." And then it's going to happen to them, and then they're gonna. Then they're just gonna keep kicking the can down the road.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, I agree with you. Uh, uh, as far as it is going to take you know the leadership and the people in charge to to any to really invoke any change i mean the regular people we can you know yell scream fight throw things set things on fire as much as we want but until it really affects the like i said like i said the 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 people in charge the decision makers that's You know, when uh, when things will start finally turning over a little bit, hopefully, you know, honestly, obviously, we want this to be the tipping point where things kind of take a turn for the better and they start heading down the right direction of where it should be, where everyone is actually treated equally, not just uh, said that they are. Um, But, you know, it's it's like it's it's, you know, the the catchphrase is systematic problem. You know, it's it's deep rooted in, in America and it's tough. And, you know, you think that you have it hard growing up, no matter where you might come from, you know, people might think, oh, yeah, I faced challenges growing up. Things were tough. But when you're black in this country, like, shoot, you face way more shit than a lot of people. And just literally for that reason, because you are black and and people, uh, for whatever reason, carry a negative connotation with it, with being black. Um, And that's why we've seen all these unarmed black men and women get killed for no reason, or being, or we, you know, we go back to the '90s, the Rodney King thing, where there was brutal, excessive force used against, uh, you know, an unarmed man. But it's, it's, it's just, it's tough. I mean, it, there's no other way to put it. Like I said, you know, we want change. and People want to see the things uh, be different, and for once again, everyone to actually be treated equal. Uh, I think one of the biggest issues, you know, I mentioned the, the police chiefs. I think one of the biggest issues is, is the training of, of cops. You know what I mean? You look across the country, there's a shortage in cops in almost every city. And so what are they going to do? They're going to take anybody they can get who's going to sign up and, and, you know, pass the, the police training. So are these guys that are the most skilled or the most qualified to be wearing those badges, to be carrying guns, to be uh, policing the streets? Probably not. And when you get people that are bad at their jobs, this is what you're going to get is, is unfortunate when it's somebody as important as uh, policing and carrying out the laws. And when you get somebody that's bad at that, this is what's going to happen is terrible, terrible things. And I'm not trying to say, oh, there's, so, there's only some bad cops. No, man, there's, there's a lot of bad cops and there's a lot of bad people. But I mean, until this systemic change or the systemic system of, of, of racism and, and holding people down, uh, changes again, like I said, this this probably is just gonna be one of many that we see in our lifetime. Once again, we've seen protests like this plenty of times before.
0: The police are not helping the case in these protests, protests, uh, at all. definitely not. They're they, escalating it. They, oh, I was, yes, they are in like there will be a peaceful protest. One example was the one in Dallas on Saturday afternoon at City Hall, they were just around City Hall doing the protest, and then the police come up in riot gear and start throwing. Smoke grenades and all this other stuff. There was no need for that. Mm -hmm. They were just peacefully protesting. In New York, oh, there's someone on a putting of, they put a barrier in front of a cop car. Then he just drives into that, and those people scatter. Like, the police are not helping the scene. They're not helping themselves. And with these peaceful protests, Saturday night in Minneapolis, I understand there's curfews going on. Okay? I understand cities have put curfews in. But if nothing, if there's nonviolent protests, let, let them continue to nonviolently protest and say, OK, you got to make your way back to your house. And then if stuff starts getting violent, then you act. But if we are going to go to nonviolent and then just start opening up rounds of rubber bullets, you're not helping your case of people mm-hmm. being on your side. If anything, people are going to look at this weekend after this weekend and be like, why are the police acting like this? Like, you're causing more problems than what you're trying to do. You're not, you're, not protecting, you're not protecting the people. You're hurting them. You're hurting them. And they're part of the biggest problem of what happened this weekend. And then there are the opportunistic people, like the anarchists, that just want to see mayhem. And that's what they're doing with the looting and all that other stuff. Okay? And I've seen a lot of businesses, and they're right. Look, is looting the right way to get something done? No. But you know what? People complain and bitched and moaned for years when they went silently protest. Okay? Guess what? They didn't like that. Mm -hmm. What are you supposed to do? Now you take to the streets and silently protest. You don't like that. People violently protest. You don't like that. You know what it comes down to? People just don't want black people protesting social injustice in the country. Okay? They don't want to hear. They do not want to hear how black people have been held down their entire lives. We put them in the worst neighborhoods in the city, and we're like, oh, we're not going to help them out. We call it the hood, for Christ's sake. Okay? You don't call a white neighborhood the hood. Call black neighborhood the hood. Okay, In there they don't have the houses that are as nice as everybody else. It's a terrible place to live if you're you don't want to live there. They can't get out of it because they're working three jobs. They're at they're at a um, they're at a disadvantage from birth. Okay, and people just don't want to hear about it because most people haven't helped the situation and haven't tried to help them out. And so if you peacefully protest. You take to the streets, whatever you want. People just don't want to hear it. And that's the problem. So anybody who had a problem with Colin Kaepernick taking a knee has no business saying they have a problem with people going to the streets because you are part of the problem. And if you don't realize that, then you know what? That's tough on you. But that's that's the biggest thing here. They just don't want to hear people protesting about blacks having a disadvantage their entire life. And it's 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 honestly it's disgusting and it's a shame that you just like, oh, you know what? I don't want to hear it. I don't care. Blah, 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 blah. I want to go live in my own bubble. You're a bad person in my mind.
1: <clears throat> yeah, no, yeah, you're uh, hit the nail on the head. Uh, I'll admit when the whole Colin Kaepernick uh, peaceful protest first started, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I didn't love it. I, you know, but I, I mistook it for what it was. Um, you know, I was one of those that, that thought that it was you know, disrespectful to the national anthem, to the American flag, things like that. But then once you really peel back the layers and just don't take it at surface level and realize that he was protesting the police brutality that we're still seeing, then you're like, yeah, that's 100 percent the way he should be doing it. And then when people are saying, mostly white people, oh, it's disrespecting the military. It's disrespecting this, disrespecting that. It's like, well, guess what? You ask anybody that fights in the military, they'll say this is his First Amendment right to you know, freedom of speech and this is what I fought for. So this is what I wanted to do. So you get the back into the military and then you realize that, like, again, people like to use the the uh, the analogy of going on a hun- hunger strike. You're not, you know, protesting food. It's it's for other things. And that's that was one of the biggest things. The light bulb moment was like, OK, th- this this I stand by what, what he was doing. You know, what I mean, uh, was it the most ideal? Who cares? That was his way of doing it. He used his platform. He knew that there was going to be tons of eyes on him, and he got tons of uh, players across the NFL to do it. And then, like you said, nobody liked it. Well, guess what? Now they're flooding to the streets. Yes, businesses are getting torn down. Buildings are getting set on fire. They still don't like that. I don't like that, but guess what? You didn't like this, so now you get this. Which one would you prefer? Like you said, they'd rather just keep the uh, keep the African-Americans down, keep the black people down, uh, and try to uh, limit – their integration, I guess, into white culture and into white neighborhoods, things like that. And it's, you know, it's tough. It's brutal um, to see because we all are human. We all are should have these unable rights that are given to us under the constitution. But unfortunately that's just not the case. And that's the biggest issue you know, that, that we're facing is, is that's what needs to be fixed first and foremost. And then hopefully the police brutality and stuff like that follows along with it. I think, I think the police brutality is kind of what puts us on the pedestal and what brings us to light But obviously, they want that gone. But I think what they want first and foremost is just truly equality and treated being treated equal, no matter the color, race, skin of your, you know, of whatever you may have. And like said, white folks probably just don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it, whether it's silent, whether it's loud, thumping down their streets. They just, they just. There's a lot of white folks that just don't want to hear that.
0: Um, And the thing, the problem with the cabinet thing, the messaging was off from the start because people. Forgot it was a compromise with Nate Ebner, who was in the military. And when Ka- Kaepernick first sat down, he didn't like that. So they came on a compromise of a kneel. Yeah, and they just—it just the messaging got overtaken. He couldn't have done it. The media was just working so hard to trash him, and the opposed to, like it was a messaging issue. But it also—it's just—it's like I'm, I am—I don't know, i don't know what these. I I've have had, I've had a very easy life. Most white people have had a very easy life. I don't know what's going on. I know I grew up in a place in, in Cleveland in South Euclid that I'm very thankful I did because I at least could like kind of see what my, people were going. Like my high school that I went to was like it was I, I think African Americans I was probably 40 percent, 45 percent, even if, if not over 50 percent. So I got to see that, and it's look, it's scary when my our my friends or whatever are like, "Oh man, a cop pulled me over, and we're like, "Oh, don't do anything dumb, like make sure you're recording and stuff like that in case something happens, just like just like say yes, yes, yes," and then off off you go if he gets pulled over for a speeding ticket. we even have to first of all, you shouldn't have to text us saying, "I got pulled over by a cop." And then we all immediately shouldn't have to say, "We'll do these things just in case something bad happens, because I don't have to do that when I get pulled over by a cop because I'm not, uh, sure, I might be nervous, but I'm not nervous I'm going to just get shot or anything like that. So, yeah, that's the thing. And the problem is we're lacking leadership at a national level, which is what we really need now. And so it's like, whatever the president says is going to fall on deaf ears because he's already, he has a track record for his whole life of not caring about African Americans. So whatever he says, even though he tried to say that he's, from what I've read, he was like, the video. Look, anybody who watches the video of the George Floyd death, that's horrific. Mm-hmm. Okay? No one is saying it. Wherever you are, I don't think anyone has said that he deserved what he got. Anybody. Nobody has said that. It's horrific. And that will really shake you watching that. But, like, you got to say something. It doesn't matter who, what you do. You have to say something and just being silent through this and tweeting out that it's Antifa that's doing these protests and rioting. You can't do that. You ha- you're the leader of the nation. Like, we look to you in these times of need and, t- and crisis to just say some calming words. That's really what the nation needs, and you MIA. It's, it's, I mean, we could go on to talking about the baseball alliance, but it's just, we're, we're lacking leadership when we need leadership most. Oh, I mean, I think that's, that's quite apparent. Um, and...
1: I mean, I think everyone would know or can, can agree that our president is act, isn't exactly uh, the uh, the best with words and and consoling and anything like that. Uh, he's he's more of a you know uh, you know like when when Obama was in was in office, uh, he he could offer those sentiments and he whether it was black, white, yellow, green, blue, whoever somebody was being oppressed, whoever anyone, anybody that was facing some kind of uh, wrongdoing or whatever it may be you know a time of need he could offer he was a great speaker he could offer some roles uh, some words of of consolment and things like that whereas uh the guy we got in office right now he's more of of a hype man you know what i mean he he's uh he's your rah-rah guy if he wants somebody to to stand up and fight for something those are the words that he'll that he's able to speak with uh you know without any issue it's not the ones that can calm things and, and, you know, offer, like I said, consolement, and things like that. So that's, that's another issue there. Um, so even if he were to speak, it would come from such an inauthentic place that I don't think anybody would believe him. Or uh, again, like you said, it would fall on deaf ears because it would be very, very inauthentic. Um, so, you know, I don't know what it's going to take today I know what it's going to take down the road and like you said that's that's people at the top people at the top making the decisions that uh, are able to to invoke some change. Yeah, the people can kind of you know make their voice heard but they've made it they've been doing this. The, you know like you said like we said this is this, this is nothing new. Protests have been going on for years and years and years and years way back before our parents grandparents were born, you know what I mean? So it still hasn't changed. It's still shit we're going through, it's still shit we're probably going to go through and that's the unfortunate part is is you know, who knows how much we'll really get done because of this.
0: Yeah, they have. But they haven't been on this scale since MLK got assassinated. That's true. Like yeah. Like right. 75, 75 cities in America. No, I understand what you said, But 75 cities in America had protests this weekend. Like that. Yeah. That has not happened since 1968.
1: I mean, I saw a video today of, you know, people in New Zealand, like like a, t- a ton yeah. of people marching down the streets
0: saying Black Lives Matter. Oh, uh, oh, and Hold on. That's the thing, too. It's like. The saying is, black lives matter. Like, how low a bar... Michael Che does the stand-up bit. Like, black lives matter. That's the bar we're at. Black lives only matter. Like, how low of a bar is that?
1: I think I, think I need you to, to expand on that a little bit, because I, I just want to make sure that our listeners are out there are, are understanding what you're saying.
0: Like, we're not saying, like, like, matter. Like, just care about us. That's all they yes. want. That's yeah. all they want. Like, that's the bar.
1: Yeah.
0: And see, that's what like, I figured you meant, saying. but I just want to make sure you can. That's yeah. the saying. Is black lives matter. It's not lift them up. It's not like Like live the same life as everybody else. It's just mm-hmm. we want to matter. We want yeah. to matter to people. Like, that's such a low bar right. for us in the whole thing.
1: Yeah, for sure. I saw a good kind of analogy once again. Uh, my stupid brain works with, with good analogies like this, and I'm probably going to screw it up, but it was like saying, hey, you have four kids here, and one kid comes up to you and says, hey, I'm sick, uh, or I scraped my knee. I fell. You know, Can you t- take care of me? And the parent looks at him and says, well, I see what you're going through, but all my kids matter, so I got to focus on all of them. I can't just give you my focus right now. It's like, no, you take care of the kid that needs the help right then and there, right? You don't just say, well, all I love all of you the same. All of my kids matter to me. But I realize that you have, you know, this scraped knee or or you're sick and you need to go to the doctor. But I really got to focus on everybody. I can't just focus on you right now. And that's another thing. I was like, yeah, I mean, that's no parent in their right mind would do that. Right? You would take care of that kid, you would tape them up, get you know, clean them up, take them to the doctor, whatever they need, get them the medicine, and make sure that they were good. And then yes, then you can go about caring about all your kids at the same time. But until all of them are to that healthy level. Don't have any bumps or scrapes, whatever it may be. Uh, until then, you have to give, you know, going back to that other, another old saying, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. You got to make sure that everything's in place right with the other, or excuse me, with the one that has the issue, before you can go back to caring about all the others all at once as the same when they aren't the same.
0: Uh, yeah. There was one funny thing, though. And I know you probably saw this. I, did woman-
1: some, I, I put some miles on my thumb today, on the on the thumb treadmill this weekend. I mean, yeah. I put some miles on for it. For
0: sure, for sure. The funniest thing, though, was by far the woman in Seattle walking out with a full cheesecake.
1: Yes, that was <laughs>
0: I mean, opportunistic. As, oh, if, I mean, if you couldn't laugh at a woman walking down the street, I assume they looted the cheesecake factory or something happened, whatever. I don't know. But a woman yeah. walking out with a cheese, full cheesecake. I mean, that was funny. That was very funny. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Dallas has a curfew till 7 p.m., not allowed uh, 7 p.m. curfew. Um, so we'll see uh, what happens in the week ahead. All right, let's touch on Lance Armstrong here before uh, we get into MLB. Uh, so the, the four-hour documentary, two, uh, two-week episode, two hours uh, each week. Has uh, concluded last night. Uh, so I watched the two week apart. You watched them when? Uh, did you watch, When did you binge them yesterday or this morning? Yeah, last night. Last night. Uh, first of all, Lance Armstrong is a gigantic asshole. Uh, still, and I don't know why he agreed to do this because to me it didn't really help him look any better in the situation um because he was just so caught up in the lies of doping he's, he's like it's like you lie so much you believe it and i don't know if he got to that point of just believing it but he said it just like became it was natural so it didn't matter I right mean, he, he's just yeah, he, he's just he's just not a good guy i'll say yeah for sure i think after
1: watching this um if you already had and I say this kind of tongue in cheek, the correct opinion about Lance Armstrong, it just kind of confirmed that. You know what I mean? It didn't, you know, kind of kind of in the way the Michael Jordan documentary did for him. It was like, uh, yeah, this is who Michael Jordan is. This is got exactly who he thought he was, and this just kind of confirmed it. And that was the same way for for Lance Armstrong. He um, I mean I think he was just I don't know if he was an asshole out of necessity because his life growing up wasn't great. But you could tell, like, at 15, you knew exactly who he was. You know what I mean? Funny enough, he went to – so I didn't know he grew up in Plano. I thought he God. was from – I thought he was from Austin. So he went mm-hmm. to the same high school that Jamie actually graduated from.
0: Plano and,
1: Yeah, and that's where uh, uh, my, my sister currently goes. And all my brothers and sisters going to go through there. And she goes, oh, he's just like your typical, like, Plano douche. Cause she was watching with me and I was like, yeah, I guess so. I mean, you would know better than me. So it just kind of seemed like, yeah, that's just kind of how he's always been. And the fact that he was, I mean, you heard his friends talking at the beginning of, of the uh, documentary of like, he always had to do everything better than anybody else. It didn't matter. Like, and, and, everybody knows that one friend that's like, you know, you throw a ball, you know, 50 miles an hour. Oh, I'm going to throw a 51. Or I just hit a ball to dead center field. Oh, I'm going to hit the ball over the fence. You know, whatever it may be. And it's like, bro, just let it go. Like we're just trying to, you're trying to have fun. So I think in that case, it's just always kind of been been in Lance Armstrong just to be a dick uh, from the jump, and he really hasn't changed his colors.
0: I mean, the cheating started early on, like I said last week, when his wife, or when his wife, when his um, when his mom forged his birth certificate. Yeah, to get him in the thing. Like she, but was see, like, I see, I think that's a different kind of cheating. While well, I agree, it is but still, he's still it is still cheated. cheating, right? Yeah, still yeah, yeah, cheating. It's different but, than actually performance enhancing but guess what they still cheated to get him in the race and she enabled him every every step of the way. Yeah, but you know like the reason it's different is because he's not
1: gaining any competitive advantage. You know what I mean? If if anything they might you might, might say that it's a disadvantage because he was 15 he had to be 16 or whatever it may be. But I agree. I agree. They enabled him and and allowed him to do that. Um so I thought it was funny. They asked him when was the first time you doped, and not when was the first time you cheated. And you know, he kind of, he even then kind of gave like a convoluted answer. It's like, well, technically it was twenty one, but like early on I did stuff, but it wasn't illegal. And like I if I tested for it, like it would have been okay. But like you know, it's right on that line. So I mean, from
0: the beginning, this guy has never, never been clean. Um. Yeah. Well, and it's just him circumventing the rules from the start. I guess. Like, him just always seeing, like, I'm going to get around the rules with the birth certificate leading into that. But, yeah, no, even when he said he's first dope, you dope, you dope. I don't care if everybody does it in cycling. You dope, you dope. Okay? Mm -hmm. Like, there was the one teammate I think he said, I can't remember, he's like, I'm just not going to be on the team because I'm not going to do it. Um, And then, look, I love these, the, like, he just, there's so much in this of him just, like, wanting to keep this under wraps, obviously you want to because your whole like live strong. Uh I will say I do agree with him It's like he used cancer as a shield like oh yeah all the time. All the time. when he's like, oh I have cancer. Why would I ever do that? I this mm-hmm. isn't this is, like using that as a shield is is like I get it, but come on, you gotta the shtick as the one writer said, the cancer sch- it gets old after a while and you keep using it in the same situations yeah
1: yeah no i mean he definitely used that to his advantage you know as much as as having cancer can be used as an advantage but yeah he was definitely able to jump behind that and protect himself of of not only am i lance armstrong this great american hero that wore the tour that won the tour de france but i did it after beating cancer you know what i mean and and so now look at me and i'm doing it clean we're in the dirtiest sport in the world, and guess what? I'm doing it clean because I have cancer or I had cancer. Why would I try to affect my body in any other way?
0: Well, he was gonna, do and then it he clean. even said maybe
1: it's doping. Even oh, less. Was
0: What's that gonna, Didn't he say like he was gonna do a clean when he came back? But then he just got burned. Like yeah. the first, or, he got burned in like the first stage or second stage. And he goes, "All right, let's get the EPO." Yeah. So like he was gonna do a clean after this time, but he goes, "Oh no, I'm not good. I'm not." as good as these other guys when they're getting things and then just like the whole floyd landis thing was pretty wild that's another thing floyd landis he's still a bitch i didn't like him back in the day
1: like when like when they first started going at it and i still this confirmed my i just don't think any cyclist is a good person any cyclist yeah
0: i'm I, gonna because <laughs> it's the dirtiest sport in the world but doesn't you can still be a good guy
1: yeah, no, I know. That, I was, that was a little hyperbole, kind of tongue-in-cheek. But Floyd Landis is still not a big fan of that guy either.
0: All right. Um, I mean, I just some surprised. Like, first of all, they'll never, like they said, never have a relationship. Um, I was watching it, and I was like, through it today, I was like, why am I even watching this? Mm-hmm. Like, why do I care about – I don't care about Lance Armstrong. Yeah. Like, the Livestrong stuff was fine. <laughs> The ratings for this were not very good. I saw the first episode. Um, But it's like, why do we need more on Lance Armstrong? He's just defrauded people his entire life as a pro cyclist. Yeah. Like, if he's not a pro cyclist and seeing all this success, Livestrong is not what it is. And look, the foundation did do a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Um, That's like beside that. We're not talking about that. It's like he did some good stuff there and he should get credit. I really do believe like he just did that because he cared and like wanted to help people out. But that's like a minor thing compared to everything else he did, and trying to make people's lives hell for a long, long time. Like the yeah. good, like like the good doesn't outweigh the bad here in my mind.
1: Oh, it definitely doesn't. Um, because he, while he did help a ton of, uh, I mean, thousands of, of people with the Live Strong Foundation. He made it his personal mission to, like, go out and ruin people because they were calling him out on what he was actually doing. And that's, Floyd I think. Floyd
0: Landis. He tried to ruin Floyd Landis.
1: Right, right, yeah. Um, and, there, like, there's a couple reporters that he went after in defamation suits and sued them for hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, and so, you know, like, like to, to be able to help thousands of people, yeah, that's, that's, that's obviously great. You know, Awesome. Hopefully, a lot of people kept their lives because of it. But when you go out of your way to personally go and ruin people, that's where, I mean, that's where, like you said, the, the good doesn't outweigh the bad here. And it's, it's tough that that's the case. Um, but that's just how it is uh, uh, with Lance Armstrong. One thing before we, we keep continue with this, the one thing I thought was pretty funny was in episode one um, how they were going around and describing all the different. Uh, styles of cyclists like you know you had the Italians the real loud yeah. and and I thought it was just funny how it would that was just kind of no you know what I mean like obviously in this climate that we're in right now stereotypes probably aren't the greatest thing but it was just funny how you went and asked every they went and asked different uh cyclists from different countries and, it, and they all just were kind of just like yeah that's just how it was I just thought that was kind of funny how you could pick out uh which cyclists were who because of what country they came from.
0: How about when they were talking about the Peloton? That one guy was talking about the Peloton, not the bike. He was like, it's like the tension in there is so high. Everyone's just waiting for the crash to happen because you know you're riding so fast. You're so close. You get tired. You're like, your sharpness goes down or your focus goes down. And you just wait for the crash. Mm -hmm. And it's just like the tension is high throughout the whole four or five hour ride that they go
1: on. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't walk to somebody that close without stepping on their shoe or something like that. The fact that they're going as fast as they are, uh, you know, with that many—that's one of the—that's one of the things that's like pretty uh, amazing about about cycling.
0: Yes, and like coming down the mountains and all, how fast they're going, and everything like that. What did you think about the stuff with Lance Armstrong and his son that plays football at Rice, and how he uh, just like he. He wouldn't, he didn't tell him that he was doping and his son was out there. He was a stance for his dad, obviously. And he just, the kid had a ton of egg on his face.
1: That's not the kid's
0: fault. I mean, you're going to stick up for your parents. But I mean, his reasoning of saying why you didn't tell him the truth was he never asked. Look, that's not, to me, that doesn't, that doesn't pass the smell test.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, um, I mean, I can only imagine that most every other parent would, would have done the same thing. Oh, okay, um, yeah. um, So, you know, I, I, I can't fault uh, Lance Armstrong for, for doing that. And like you said, his kid obviously was, was trying to stick up for his dad. Um, but you, you can't fault him in that case. I mean, as a parent, you probably want to be the best version of yourself to, in your kid's eyes um so if you told your kid hey i'm a cheater i mean how's that how's how's your son supposed to ever respect you ever again to that level you know i mean sure they're still gonna respect you because you're their dad because whatever but you always want to try to be that best version of yourself to towards your child and, and i think that was the case there so i mean i don't i don't fault him there it's just unfortunate that it did come out and his kid ended up looking up kind of look ended up looking kind of dumb for sticking up for him
0: well i was just gonna say like what is his dad after that like you sorry know, you you, you cut out you cut out you, you cut out too during your thing a little bit um while you're saying i'm just why why would he like trust factor?" i mean this is the big biggest lie of the guy's life
1: yeah no after it comes out obviously he ends up looking and losing How that
0: was that guy like even anything you say to him should would be like i would think he just would just go on Deaf ears. obviously it hasn't and he gave him for it but i mean i, I kind of felt bad like i kind of wish i would have seen what would have happened to the kid at middle school like i don't I and mean, I, I hope he wasn't getting just to talk to him about what happened when he went, went back to school after it came out that his dad was cheating yeah and like the whole oprah interview stuff and then he wouldn't uh, uh like he still wouldn't do to that 96 what at the hospital room with the andres or the yeah. uh that whole thing like he still won't admit to that like where this all kind of started, just, I don't know. I, I feel like I just wasted time watching that. And it was, I mean, look, there was some insightful stuff, but it's like, look, it did not help me. It did not help my view of Lance Armstrong.
1: Oh, for sure. Like I said, it just more so solidified feelings already had about him and how he was uh, as a person. Um, So, you know, while it was, I guess it was just interesting just because, you know it kind of gave you a, a look into um some other things around Lance Armstrong and, and his whole thing and, and even into cycling cuz like i said you know you know i think uh you know i kind of bust your balls a little bit when you're watching uh uh the Tour de France when it's on at work um you know it's just some it's just some cool things inside of that a little bit more but for the most part yeah like you said didn't feel like I would been would missed a whole lot if i didn't watch this
0: yes all right uh, next week is Bruce Lee, so we can I, talk about now that. Now,
1: that, uh, that I'm pumped up for. I
0: got... Go ahead. Nope, I was just going to say we got Bruce Lee next week, and then the one after that, the one I'm more excited for, is McGuire Sosa. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so the next two, hopefully they're good.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I think the Bruce Lee one's going to be actually pretty dope, and I, yeah, and I can't wait for the McGuire Sosa. I hope they do it justice. Um, uh, you know, even though, obviously, steroids... Surrounded. I just hope it's is as, as electric as I remember it.
0: Yeah. Um, so, all right. Uh, baseball, like they've been in the big power struggle here. So the proposal the Players Association put through, uh, the owners are not going to accept a deal. But I think, look, we could do a bargaining. I think we could do a negotiation here. So the schedule is 114 games. And it's from June 30th to October 31st. Uh, two years of expanded playoffs, up to $100 million in deferrals if the postseason is canceled or shortened, and then opt out for all players if they don't want to play. So, one, obviously the games of 114, the owners are not going to take that. I think, like, 82 is what the owner said. Hey, can we figure out a way with 90 games that's we could work it out. Like they're not going to want to play over a hundred for sure. The expanded playoffs. I think they're for the deferrals. I think that's, I mentioned that last week. Like why don't they say we could do deferrals? Well, if the post season's canceled or shortened, they can get up to a hundred million dollars in deferrals. Okay. And then the opt out for players is interesting. Um, because like if players don't feel it's safe, they don't have to play. Um, and the deferral would only be if the postseason is canceled, which would apply to contracts of $10 million or more. That is before being uh, prorated. And then those payments would be in November of 2021 and 2022. I just don't understand how they're going to play regular season games until October 31st. And like, because everyone's playing in their home stadium, like you're going to get a ton of rainouts for the weather is going to be a huge issue in late October.
1: Yeah, uh, and especially the – even more so than playing t- to the end of October, um, starting June 30th. I mean, that's literally four weeks away. So you need to get guys in camps like now, getting throwing, getting, you know, get them on a regimen and, and getting them back in that, that regular uh, uh, pattern of, of, you know, of working with a team, working with, you know, whatever they got to get their bullpens in, hacks in, in the cages – so if you want to start June thirtieth? Like they, that needs to get signed, sealed, and delivered right now. So I don't think that's a possibility. I still think Ju- July fourth would be a great kickoff for everything. Um, I do agree that eighty-five to ninety-five game range is probably best. Um, or they, what they can do is is plan plan for maybe a hundred games, and then. If there are rainouts, if there are weather delays, you know, you have a contingency plan where you only take 90 games. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, I don't know how they'd be able to do that. You know, the only thing I can think of is, you know, like when you're in school and you take five exams and your teacher drops the worst one. I don't know how they could figure something out like that. I don't know. Um, and or once you play 90 games, you're good. You know, you're done. So say your your season runs from July 4th to October 31st. And the plan is you'll play 100, you have 100 games scheduled, but you only got to play 90. Does that make sense? So that way it gives you like a contingency plan for rainouts, for weather-related stuff, maybe, you know, whatever it may be, and then those extra games just kind of fall off. I don't know if that makes any sense. Does,
0: but does it? what happens say, like one team has a ton of rainouts, and then they have to play, say one team is, has 90 games already mm-hmm. in the bag. And team who they're playing like the last and the next coming series is at like eighty whatever. They're not at their ninety games yet when they're at ninety. What does the team with ninety do? Like so so they, are they're you're, you're so they, so once you once won, you play your go ahead. If they win the ten games from ninety to a hundred, do they just can they just replace those with the ten losses they have on their record? Once you play
1: ninety games that's your record. And then, if you play a, a team that's at eighty nine games and it's your ninety first, they keep the win or loss, but doesn't affect your record. Okay, but there's no way
0: they're gonna take that. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. I'm just, just kind of spitballing here, but uh, I don't know. Something's got to get figured out. We said last week, or we said on Friday, that we're kind of bullish on on sports coming back or the MLB. The MLB. It just seems like the owners keep moving the goalposts a little bit. Um, I think giving the players the option to opt out is something that the players would like. I think deferred money is probably something that they would like a little bit as well, um, knowing that they'll still get their money in the end. Um, versus it's deferred
0: payments only if the postseason's canceled. Right. I think they need to do deferrals in the regular season.
1: Yeah, I think that's. I think that's, that's probably going to be a, a ceiling point for uh, for the players. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm glad you're me of that. Dude. Yeah, if. if if I think there needs to be deferrals- ag- agreed if for the regular season for whatever
0: reason um I don't know, I don't know where they're at though and like are they really gonna play baseball till thanksgiving? I mean
1: unless they go like, to like the unless they play like at three warm locations only like they talked about way back when, I think that's the only way
0: but there becomes a fact of the saturation of look the baseball season. Make it shorter this year. Like you'll draw more interest if you play eighty-two games.
1: If it's just a sprint. Yes. Yeah.
0: the The whole thing of baseball is, is oh, you know what? They all are. They all mean the same. They're all one of one sixty-two. Mm-hmm. But like, maybe one in April doesn't mean as much in September when it's down the stretch. They still mean the same. But you have eighty-two games. Every game is pretty much like matters more than just. And the 162, yeah, it's more more people probably watch say early on to see how things are going. Like you get down in a hole early, it's going to be really hard to come back from that. So I, I like I don't get like I, I the players obviously want to play more games so they get more of their salary. Totally get that, but for like the betterment of the game here we would probably be better off for this year if you just played like half the season.
1: Yeah, I mean play half the season and then just pay them their normal game checks. I don't I don't see why that's so tough uh to uh to to come in the I don't know. Two.
0: I because the players want to play, play more.
1: And and like you said, rightfully so. I agree. I mean that that shouldn't be an issue. Um This is what I want to know though. If 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 no season gets played, if no baseball gets played at all, does that mean that everyone's contract extends another year? So if you signed a contract through twenty twenty five, now is it going through twenty twenty six?
0: No, they said at the beginning of this when the and if they said it when they signed like the prorated deal. They signed a deal in March where it said, "With we play games," they agreed to that. Okay, in that agreement. It said that, no, you will accrue a year of service time. So, Mookie Betts is a free agent. Got it. They they go. Yeah. So, it's like another year, but you just didn't play. Yeah. Interesting. That really throws a wrench in, like, a ton of teams playing.
1: Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, I think the Dodgers are, are probably uh, suspect number one there.
0: Yeah, the Indians aren't that far behind either with Lindor. So, um, stuff.
1: Uh, and I think is I think on, the, the big question that everyone is wondering as well is how does this affect fantasy baseball? Because if you already drafted your roster, do you just carry that roster over for next year, or do you got to have a redraft?
0: Um, re- <laughs> a little redraft. I think so, too. I would agree. Would you agree? Oh, 1,000%. Based on this season. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm already... I talked to the commissioner this weekend. And?
1: Should you talk off
0: air? No. I mean, I didn't say. I was like... I just said, we have to redraft next year. There's no season this year. And he agreed. Not that he's thinking that's going to have to happen, but that easter egg in his head uh, but yeah no it wasn't no serious conversations ongoing of the league it's just waiting to uh waiting for a baseball to start right on all right yep
1: you Got anything else i think that's it i mean not not a whole lot going on in the sports world sports world not a whole lot that mattered uh i would say um you know with with the the current climate we're in uh, ballsy, ballsy, finish to, uh, to a big the game Bugs. yesterday.
0: Boy, like it. Look, I tweeted out, everyone should want a manager like, or everyone should want a head coach like Doug's.
1: It was tough, too, because that was the first one that Jamie actually came in, like, sat down and watched, because she always oh, obviously hears me. Lag. And the lag from, like, the jump was just brutal.
0: Yours I was mean. from the start?
1: Well, no, 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 ours started probably in the second quarter uh that's and when ours
0: that's when mine was
1: too yeah and it went all the way through to the end and oh, so,
0: yeah because mine got better in the third quarter it would like go out every for like five seconds here and there but it was pretty it was pretty solid
1: yeah i even dropped down the uh the quality of the picture and that didn't help
0: uh nothing helped so i don't know I, we... the move is if you're casting it and it lags go right to the phone and the phone will be better sure. for a little bit yeah the phone was better for a little bit
1: um but then that started lagging too see i i stream it straight off my xbox because the xbox has a has yeah. a twitch app so that's where i that's where i get it from but uh jamie kept calling him mr dugs so i said no it's coach Doug's."
0: <laughs> so my roommate though thought i was I was yelling at the t v early on mm-hmm. I think r b was open on a play
1: oh we're getting some Dougs lag here. you're cutting out a whole bunch The
0: the room watching Dougs on my phone or on the t v and I was yelling at the, yelling at the t v like this guy's open why why uh-huh be whatever third third or whoever and uh my, my roommate it's not as bad though as on saturday i came home didn't realize um i was just home home whatever roommate's girlfriend comes out checking if everything's okay <laughs> i was like no the 13 got beat at the wire and I think he caused, but he definitely like swerved into another lane, and everybody went wide. I was like, like, he wouldn't have switched the whip if he would have kept whipping on the right instead of switching to the left. The horse might have." Now you're now, now you're a
1: jockey professional, hon. Huh? I you know how to how to work the uh, the horse a little that's bit.
0: That's just what they that's just what they <laughs> said on uh racing it racing day in america i'm okay. just just repeating what they just repeating what they right. said now, i don't know if that was true, but look it was there was evidence of when he went to the left they started drifting over so I mean they were right
1: they yeah would
0: know they wouldn't know more than me they wouldn't know more than me uh, but all right uh if you've been through, I appreciate it. Uh, the audio, I we were cutting in and out throughout, um, so sorry about that, but we'll be back. Oh, did you have a game for Friday? Oh,
1: crap. No, I didn't. Uh, let's do, should we do
0: football, baseball, or basketball? I can't do baseball. I've said that before. Oh, okay, so then let's I just, do. I, I just can't rewatch a baseball. I, I, I'm sorry. I just can't do it.
1: Uh, I want something not super recent but not something too old either what about you know what we should do let's do the let's do the the dead dropped it game okay
0: yeah all right all right that's good i will say this now my dad immediately as the play ended said he dropped it there wasn't a catch. A it was meeting. never a catch. Never a catch. The first the first thing he said was, no way that's a catch. <laughs> uh, what was what year was that? That was 20... uh had to have been, oh, no, so that was 2012? That was Seattle, and Seattle made it to the Super Bowl that year because the Packers choked it. Um, yeah. No, that was 14, I think. Was it 14? I think it was 14 or 15. Um, but all right, so the... the the Packers, Cowboys, does drop them. 2015. 2015. Okay, yep. Knew it was somewhere around that. Um, all right. That is the game we will dissect on Friday. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will talk to you then.